0: Hello everybody, it's Bob Oxley, and it's time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And uh, today we're going to be talking about social reality, and uh, it's my pleasure to uh, have invited, and his acceptance to be here is uh, Professor Matthew Smith-Larman, who is the coordinator for the relatively new Applied Sociology Program here at Dixie State University, and uh, he's been a member of uh, Dixie State for a little over 20 years, and uh, we're very fortunate to have him. And uh, hello, Matt. Hello, Dr. (laughs) Oxley. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule for coming here. Uh, uh, Today we're going to be talking about social reality, and uh, I'm glad you're here because there's a rumor out that, uh, possibly you're doing some research around this, uh, social reality thing. So we always start off here with tips. We always talk about, have our interviewees, uh, give us the basics. So can you, for the benefit of our listeners and those watching us here on uh, Facebook and YouTube, can you give us kind of like, when we say social reality, what, uh, based on your research, what, what does that mean?
1: All righty then. Well, there's a, uh, a basic thread in sociology, a the- theoretical perspective. I'm glad you asked this, Bob.
0: Because <laughs> no, I'm, I'm uh, glad you're here to answer. <laughs> um,
1: and it's, it's known as the social construction of reality. It goes along with another theory known as symbolic interactionism. There was a book written, oh, in 1967 or so by Peter Berger. Um, Peter Berger and a partner. And if, when I remember his partner's name, I will let you know. Yeah, All right. right. Uh, Called the social construction of reality. That's the name of the book. And I and I know you have some uh, philosophical roots in your mind, there, Bob. So (laughs) you you've you've thought about this before too. The idea behind the social construction of reality is uh, for human beings, anyway. I'm not talking for dogs or rats or fish. For human beings, reality is what we think it is. Um, No, nobody has. There's something that stands between. I guess there's a video somewhere. Uh, There, there's reality. Like, so there are, there are, so social construction of reality, it takes me a while to get around to the, to the point, Bob. That,
0: that's how you I You just work. take your time. Right. That's why you're here. Um, we're we're um, just happy to have you here.
1: Is that one, reality is what we think it is. Two, what make cause that sounds pretty psychological that reality is what we think it is, what's in our mind. Two though, what makes it sociological is that what we think reality is comes through our interactions with other human beings. So we're, we're born into a culture of some kind or we're raised in a culture. We might be born in one and raised in another. That's quite possible. And this culture, this society we're born into, they have certain ideas about the world. Our parents have certain ideas about the world. Our school teachers have certain our, our ideas about the world. Our religious leaders have certain ideas about the world. And we are socialized, right? That's the term we use in sociology. We are taught that um, apples are good and something else is bad. We're taught you know, values, we're taught norms, we're taught you drive on the right-hand side of the road if you in the United States, you're taught to drive on the left-hand side of the road if you're in England or former colonies of England. Um, so that's the basics of the social construction of reality. We, but we're not passive resist, re- recipients of, of culture. We're, human beings are very active. We question, we want to know why, and we negotiate reality with one another. Um, you can see it in politics quite often, where we debate uh, gun laws, for instance. We debate the value of the president. For so, some people think the president's doing a good job. Some people think that he isn't. Um, and we, so we debate what reality is. We debate uh, if it's a warm day or a cool day, or if a warm day is not. So that's that's the basics. That reality. So there's reality out there. There really is. That is. Uh, a scientific empirical reality. Empirical means things we observe. Um, So there really are planets out there. There really is a sun. There really is uh, dirt and grass and trees. Um, But how, how we interpret those things, what we think about those things, is based on our interactions with other people, what we call perspective. So from this standpoint, human beings never experience reality directly. Now, if, you were, if you're in my social psychology class, which is coming up later today, this is what we talk about all day long. We call it the bacon. Um, standing between us and reality as it is, is our perspective. Our perspective is our reality, what we think about it. How's that?
0: That's great. That's great. Um, I'm just thinking. Let, let me throw something at you and see what you think. So based on what you just said, can I, can I bounce this off you? Can I make a statement to you that opinions can never be wrong because mm. it's based on their uh, observations, their experiences, their knowledge base, at least at this p- particular time and date, this is their reality. So that's their opinion. So their adopted opinion can never be wrong. Is that way out? or
1: No, it's not from a, from a, from a purely empirical scientific standpoint. All opinions are equal, whatever, right? Mm. Because how you view the world, your reality, that, so it all gets down to the, the real question is why do people do what they do? Why does somebody act? Um, so I get up in the morning and I act in a certain way because, so I get up in the morning, I get dressed, I go to work and there's a lot of days. This is a roundabout way. I'm gonna get. It. I'm gonna get back to it, Bob.
0: I know you uh, will. <laughs> uh,
1: I go to work. There are days where I really just don't want to go to work, right? Okay. But um, I believe that I have a family, which I do. But I believe that I believe that there's these three other people who depend on me to go to work, to pay the bills, to feed them, etc. Uh, so. Since I believe that, I act as if I believe that. There's a a phrase. It's the Thomas theorem from W.I. Thomas back in the 1920s. It's called, if we believe it to be real, it's real and its consequences. I I, I change it a little bit. I say, if we believe it to be real, we act as if it's real. So if I believe something to be real, I'm going to act as if it's real. If I believe these three other people are my family members, and if I believe that it's my responsibility as a father and a husband to go make money, and to go to the grocery store, and to pick up my son from school, I'm going to act as if that's true. Are you with me? I am with you. Because you're a philosopher, so I think you can follow this. <clears throat> I hope so, I can. <laughs> so your original question was about opinions, right? Yes, yes. We all grow up in, in cultures, we all grow up surrounded by people, we interact with other people, and we develop opinions as part of our perspective, as part of our reality. These change all the time through our interactions, of course. Um, so some people believe some things, some people believe others. Some people believe the same thing, but they have different opinions about what they believe. In a strictly empirical, scientific uh, point, uh, all opinions are equal. If I'm going to write and describe people's opinions. Wow. as associated. But from a practical, everyday standpoint, of course, uh, based on my belief system that we've already gone over, I think some opinions are better than others. If I, if I feel sick, for instance, right? If, I'm not, if I have a fever and a cough and my throat hurts, uh, I'm gonna go to the doctor because I think the doctor has a better uh, opinion about what's wrongly than going to the librarian. I'm probably not gonna go to the librarian and say, hey, I have all these, can you help me? The librarian say, might say, yeah, but maybe you should see a doctor. You with me? Gotcha. If I'm if looking for a book, I'm more likely to go to the librarian. Although, actually, we're probably just going to Google all of this is what we're going to do. We're going we're <laughs> to Google it all. In today's world. But that that's an important point in today's world, I suppose, Bob, is that uh, in today's world, a lot of people just Google things. And and are the opinions on you know what they're reading on Google, is that legitimate? I don't know. That's
0: my next question. What's your next question? Well, my next question is, you know, we're, we're hearing this phrase, fake news. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fake news. Well, here's where you, here's a game you can play as mm-hmm. far as reality. And I'm just, I'm based on your research. Just give me some feedback. Right. Here's reality. Uh, I'm going to listen to those outlets, those areas where I get resource information that reinforces my adopted opinion. And I'm going to ignore all mm-hmm. those other outlets that are controversial. And really I don't have faith and belief in right. uh, as far as being accurate. Um, is that kind of a trap that we're falling into? Do you see that? I'm I'm gonna really look at the United States of America. We're right. talking about being polarized. Could this be the one of the reasons or one of the influences?
1: I, I think I I think there's something to that. And I, I think now you'd have to go to your psychologists to, to answer the question, maybe. But yes, I think you're right. We've become uh when you're talking about media especially, uh you know, you remember, Bob, when there were only like three channels on the TV, there was. right? That's right. You'd go to ABC, CBS, or NBC. That's you might, exactly You might have right. UHF and you could find PBS. <laughs> I did once in a while. So, but now, of course, uh, first with cable TV and satellite TV, which have, you know, 200, 300 stations yeah. for a niche for every market. So, you know, if you just like to watch hunting, you go to the hunting channel. If you just want to watch pets, you go to the pet channel. If you just want to hear conservative opinions about the world, you go to Fox. If you just want to hear liberal perceptions of the world, perspectives of the world, you go to MSNBC. Right. And then, on top of that, we have the internet, right? And I I can just choose which news sites or blogs or whatever. And uh, I can't really answer your question. I mean, as far as it it does seem, right? And I bet there's some research out there. I'm not sure This is not my research. But it does seem that Nowadays, people, including myself, we, we, it, it feels good. It feels good to have our, our reality reaffirmed to us, right? Exactly. So if I was, if I were conservative, and I'm not, I won't tell you on this show what I am, Bob. I'll be neutral. I'm a moderate <laughs> guy. So <laughs> if, if I were, you know, conservative, and I approve of Trump's performance in office, I would feel comfortable going to Fox News where they would tell me, you know, that he's a good guy and everything he does is, is great. If I were liberal and I, you know, if I'm a never Trumper, I'd probably go to MSNBC or CNN and they would tell me how horrible Trump is and how we got to get in office. And that would make me feel good that, you know, my opinion about the world is being validated by other people. Yeah.
0: Some of my friends say, uh, they, they, they say, don't get hooked into one of those others. Don't go to MSNBC. Don't go to Fox, but go to BBC oh, because they give you a neutral. Uh, the BBC does. Yeah, they, they, uh, they said, do a test, Oxley. Uh, do a test. Go, go to uh, MSNBC, listen to a story. Listen to that same story on Fox and then go to the BBC for that same story. And uh, you'll be amazed that that story is completely different depending on what outlet you go to, which – I'm going to throw it back at you then if you're not open-minded, right? And always go to this those outlets that right. reinforce your reality, then are you just ignorant and don't understand what reality is?
1: But isn't it isn't it a reality itself Bob to say that you're open-minded? Isn't that you you have a certain perspective of the world and and you say my perspective is that I'm going to be open-minded, and I think the important thing is to hear, to watch Fox and MSNBC and CNN, and go to this blog. And that's what a person like me does. Other people might say, no, that is not what a person does. A person should stick to Fox or just MSNBC. So that's a perspective on its own, isn't it? To be open-minded. Mm, okay. Um, I mean, is there such a thing? And and you brought it up um, as a neutral source. Are all sources pushing some kind of reality? Right. All sources are. Even if it's just, oh, we are the neutral reality. We are the objective reality. So, now, what it seems in in the United States, as we all know, this is not breaking news here. That oh, it seems that over the past what two decades, we've become more polarized. Yes, and we've become uh, these two realities, whatever they are, whatever liberal and conservative mean. I'm not even sure what they mean, but that are uh, they seem to be saying they seem to be Realities that are in competition with one another.
0: That's what I look right. at. Yep. Absolutely. I agree with you on that.
1: But we can see that in other places. So you brought up my own research. Um, yes, please. I, I've done some research I'm working on now where um, for for about 15 months, a couple of years ago, I went to a different religious service here in Washington County every week. Actually, I went to some, I went to some in Flagstaff and San Diego and Tucson, too, when I was on vacation. And so religions are doing the same thing, right Whatever whatever denomination it might be, whatever congregation it might be there, they're presenting a reality. The, from first from the, the leadership to the congregation, but the, the congregation maintains that reality and they're in they're in competition with one another they're for, for numbers, right? We, we know that here when we try and offer a class at Dixie State University, we have to have a certain number of students in the class or it doesn't go. yeah if if your religious congregation doesn't have enough people, you're gonna, you're not gonna survive. You're, so you have to push a reality that encourages people to show up and donate money. So now we're getting to capitalism, Bob. Is capitalism just really a, a competition over realities? Well, I, you know, my car is better than your car, so buy my car. My the reality materialistic,
0: is- non-materialistic type things. I, I'm just trying to uh, envision what you're saying. I want to. I want to. Can I stay on religion? please do okay on on the uh, because of the new technology and the uh, opportunity to relay your values beliefs as as a result of this religion right you're able to give that information out to the the world now literally right and so as a result of that then are we looking at um, religious leaders looking at this as an opportunity to get the word their word right. out to more people around the world, and as a result, possibly see an increase of parishioner activity and and uh, contributions and, to that particular religious belief. Oh, um, I don't know. I, no, you, know I, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, so that wasn't my honest answer, audience. I have more <laughs> to it. <late. laughs> yeah. Knowing you, I'm sure it was. Um, I, I'm just throwing this out. I, I'm just trying to think of maybe you know, you're saying about capitalism. Right. I mean, I know they don't like to talk about that. Right. But um,
1: Wait, so, so there's lots of good research on on religion in the United States, and right uh, uh, before right, many European countries have state religions like the Church of England, right, where it's taxpayer supported, yes. and so when the United States formed, we still had some, a little bit, but very quickly we got rid of taxpayer-supported religion. Constitution kind of suggests that we have to. That's right. Um, Shepherd, so, separate church and right, state. Right. Yeah. So what ended up happening was that religions have to compete with one another just like any other marketing. There's a market for religions, right? They have, because if you were in England or Italy or wherever in the, in the 18th century, if you're in Italy, you're automatically Catholic. You know, you didn't even have to go to church to show that you're Catholic. Everybody you knew is Catholic, and every, you're a Catholic. You don't have to prove it in any way. And the Catholic church wouldn't have to go out and hustle people to come to their to their meetings because they're already getting taxpayer money, right? Every Right right now in Europe, nobody goes to church in Europe. No, Christians, I'm just talking about Christians right now. Um, nobody goes because there's no real reason to. The, the churches don't need people there because they're the ones that are taxpayer-support, and there still are some. In the United States, churches— Need people to come to come because they have to donate money, right? Or through a tithing in, in, in our local church, they do a tithing, right? But, right. So they have to market themselves just like any other capitalist enterprise. What is unique about my church as compared to that other church? Right. And that's been the history of, of religion in the United States and why we have such a variety of religions in the United States. Because somebody else comes up with a great new idea to slice bread or a great new idea for a new type of religion. So in my church, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have screens and we're going to, our Bible, we're going to read online and dancing and exciting stuff. And then you have other people that I've been to some of the religions that are very, what you'd call fundamentalists. They know I'm not going to use any technology. I'm going to give the word of God. And if people don't like it, that's just too bad. And and those ones are going away. They have like three people on Sunday. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I can attest to that there's a local church <clears throat> here that they have the nine o'clock is like, they call it the loose the, the, the loose uh, service right. where people can come in shorts and T-shirts yeah. and that. And then at 11 o'clock is the traditional, and that's where pe- people wear ties oh, yeah. and sport coats. It's, it's the same sermon. It's yeah. <laughs> just presented to different – and that's so they didn't alienate and, parishioners.
1: Right. That's a, a number of religions or, or, or congregations are like that. That's amazing. You know? and, then, and then you have your more – established Protestant ones like the Methodists. I have a feeling you're just talking about the Methodists out by you. But, mm-hmm. um, but not just them, the Episcopalians and the, that are very kind of mainstream and they have hymns and then you have the more evangelical Christian groups who have more, I don't know, for lack of a better word, exciting kind of services. And they'll have a band up there and they call them their worship teams. They don't call them bands and, you know, all sorts of exciting stuff to keep people coming. So religion, so they're marketing realities. But that's getting back to our original question. Right. It's all what, you know, what re- reality is your reality and what reality is the true reality? Cause that's what religion is all about. Which reality is true?
0: So what I'm thinking now, we've, we've talked about <clears throat> reinforcing your adopted opinion, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to visualizing and, and right. looking at different stations and outlets and right. resources, and, or and going get, to not, different religious services, I was going to say, or take it one one next step is to the religion that you've adopted right. that fits your your basic values, beliefs, and you adopt some other other or twist some of the things around that you've got yeah. because you believe in that particular religion. Oh, and don't
1: forget that people are very active in this. Again, we're not passive. You, we, you know, plenty of people. Uh, are members of a congregation and they, more or less, buy into that reality. But then maybe there's a new pastor and they don't agree with that pastor. And that pastor has some reality and they have a debate and they have a schism and a new church starts because a group of the people leave and start their own church. Uh, you know, you could you could be you know, uh, or, you know, the Republicans and there's a part of the Republican Party that doesn't like Donald Trump. So you know, they they human beings are active in the negotiations of their reality and they say, well, this guy does not represent my reality anymore or my reality has changed and i don't i'm not with those people's reality anymore
0: and they form subgroups yeah and they call them factions and yeah. uh, this is what they represent
1: and we and there's age just happens with age right as, as we get older we change our realities but and we try to tell younger people well this isn't really how it is and they won't listen to us because they have to form their own
0: reality. Their, their own experiments
1: but so, so the whole key of social construction reality the question is why do we do what we do in in, in any situation well it's whatever uh, whatever reality at that moment we're buying into
0: okay now I'm going to throw one at you yeah okay listen to this one here we are sitting in utah we are okay and uh utah doesn't utah uh has a norm saying no marijuana okay <laughs> but our neighbor our neighbors to the east it's called colorado yeah not only says it's okay for What about
1: our neighbors to the West that are closer?
0: Though they, Nevada. <laughs>
1: We're only, being
0: surrounded. Yeah. We're okay yeah. by yeah. those that are saying forget the federal law, which right. is still a violation, a sanction. Right. But then you have the states that are approving recreational use of marijuana. Right. Uh, interesting. Okay. Is this a is this a reality? Is there a difference in reality between the state legislature in Utah and the state legislature in Colorado or Nevada?
1: I I think so. I I think that's part of the way the United States was set up, too, that we have states' rights. So if if you're the kind of person who likes marijuana, recreational marijuana, go live in Nevada, they'd say. There's a bunch of people that are like you there. If you're a person who doesn't even like the idea of medicinal marijuana, live in Utah because that's the way we are. And then we have debates. And we we discuss the reality and what's the reality of marijuana? Is it good or is it bad? Is it healthy? Does it really have any medicinal, uh, right? And then you get back to is, whose opinions are are right. So then you have different groups. So in Utah, you'd have right the LDS Church debating uh, maybe the medical establishment, right, Where, about the value of marijuana in our in our reality and how should we treat it.
0: Which has been debated in the Utah State legislature for the last four years. Well, it's happening
1: right now, right right It's the, going the, again. The debate right now is uh, well the LDS Church just came out against rec- uh, medical marijuana and the argument is, and I think I agree with this that if it's going to be called medical then it should be it should be uh, well to the extent that I that I agree with um, controlling, medicines anyway, they, you should run it through the pharmacies then, right? If, if, if marijuana really is a medical thing, your doctor should give you a prescription and you should go to a pharmacy to get it. That's the argument that's being used in Utah and in every other state that had medical marijuana, well, because it's against federal law, that's the problem. Right? Right. A doctor cannot give a prescription because he'd be breaking or she'd be breaking federal law.
0: Right. So that's why you had the corner stores in California that you could go in there and buy. Municipal. Your doctor could give you a recommendation, but not a
1: prescription. And so a pharmacy could not distribute it because it's still against federal law. But the dispensary can dispense it. Got
0: it. So what's really confusing for people is you claim to be state's rights, and then you still have a federal law sitting out there that says it's against the law. So you have people from a... uh, from their social construct, that yeah. are good citizens. Yeah. So what do I follow, the federal government or the right. state government or my own my own interpretation? So like you said, if you really uh, want to do something with marijuana, head out to Colorado or Nevada. You have your choice. But what about this, Bob? Hmm.
1: What if you're on vacation in Nevada? Okay. But you live in Utah. Okay. And you're in Nevada, you're an adult, and you decide to smoke some marijuana legally. Completely legally. Well, it would be and, legal, wouldn't it? And then you come back to your job in Utah. <laughs> I'm interviewing you now. And your your boss gives you a drug test and you dress, test positive for marijuana. Uh, you know, it is
0: but you never did anything illegal. But uh there it depends on where you're working. Yeah. If there are state and federal regulations mm. that say if you don't pass the drug test, mm. Uh, by law You've even broken. though you're the best employee in the world by yeah. law they have to remove you and if ever it word ever got out that they looked the other way yeah uh, they could lose their license but they should, could shut them down should they do that in Nevada too then what if it's the same business
1: based in Nevada <laughs> and you tested tested positive
0: for marijuana should they fire you there too um if it's if it's federally funded, I guess yeah, they'd have to. They if it's to. if it's just state funded, right. uh, no.
1: So does the federal government have a different reality than state governments? Ah, or, right. Well, Is,
0: now we're talking Congress versus state legislatures yeah. and, and I mean, governors I mean, so versus the president.
1: Politicians, um, theoretically, are are representing their constituents' realities, right? So they take our reality, they go to Washington D.C., and they are supposed to express. Uh, our opinions, our view of the world on the larger scale. And then they all debate, you know, then you have the legislators from Utah and the ones from California and Minnesota, and they have to come up with some kind of, well, this is what we're going to say is the reality. So you have reality stacked on realities.
0: And then you have individuals saying, which way do I go? How do I, how do I stay a good citizen? And how do I, how do I go with my adopted opinion if it's in conflict and where do I fit? And right. You know what? You've just, ex- you just explained to us, the listeners, <laughs> how complex this poor life of ours really is as far as all, what is reality? And I guess maybe we've raised more questions than we've given answers. Oh, I, but I, And I'm
1: comfortable with that. I'm, I know. I, I, I listened, I know we're have to wrap up, but yeah. I listened to a, a, I listened to the Christian broadcast network in my car and, they were criticizing people like us that say that we raise more questions that we answer that, that reality really can't be pinned down, and they're saying yes, it can. Jesus is the reality, and it's clear cut for them.
0: But that and that, so
1: they criticize us. People are more scientific about it and say, well, you know, maybe it's not that clear cut. And I, I'm on my side, of course. I believe in my reality, Bob.
0: That I know that you do. I don't
1: think I can answer any question, and
0: I, I think that uh, you're you're a proven entity because you've been <laughs> at Dixie State University for 20 years. Yeah. Well, I hate to say this, but we're out of time. Oh, we got no. you saw the signal come in. I did. You know you will obey, as they say. That's my reality. The, the reality okay. is this show has to end. This was uh, wonderful, Doctor Smith uh, Larman, uh, Professor and, and Coordinator for the Applied Sociology Program here at Dixie State University. Thank you so much for taking time. I know how busy you are. Wow. We're just getting ramped up and launching here in the first. Uh, first part of the fall semester, so I appreciate you taking well, your time. Thank you for the oh. mug. Oh, oh there no, you I go. Really well, like yeah. Welcome to TIPS, right? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of TIPS, Topics, Issues, and Positions. And uh, if you want to hear from us uh, again, on uh, listening on our KDXI 100.3 Radio FM. It's on today, uh, Friday at 3 p.m., and we rebroadcast this uh, at 4.30 p.m. On Saturdays, we're also, you can take a look at our beautiful faces on Facebook or YouTube, our, our affiliate Podbean podcast uh, at your convenience, 24 hours, seven days a week. Just plug in Radio St. George tips and the whole variety of all the shows are there for you to choose. Uh, until we uh, hear you or listen to you or you listen to us and we see you <laughs> next week at the same time, Uh, Please have a safe and enjoyable week, and uh, this is Tip saying goodbye.